Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning, July 18th, 2023. You've got to tune to LNK Today with Jack and Friends and... Uh, Joining on this, us this morning with Caleb Gone. Of course, we've got Johnny Cadillac here uh, in the studio behind the buttons for us, yep. and uh, Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom. And uh, joining me today, I thought maybe I could, uh, you know, with Caleb gone two weeks, I thought I could bring a, a friend in, and I'm thinking it's a summer, and I need somebody who's a friend who can hang out with me <laughs> during, the, uh, during the show and knows how to do that. And I thought, why not ask Tim Haruza? Who used to? Who spent like an entire summer with me doing this? Six years ago. Six this years time, ago. Six years ago. Twenty-seven. Summer of twenty seventeen was our illustrious and our whole summer together and, and forever remembered. I don't even really remember why that happened. Now that you tell me, but uh, anyway, it's it was a long time ago. And well, I mean, we could run back. We could do an oral history of the summer of Tim and Jack. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We could do that. Maybe we do that later. We should do a long form off. oral history piece and yeah. post it on the internet people can read it like one of those like uh sports articles yeah, right the yeah, long form history good. of the flu game whatever it's that might a be must good. read <laughs> that might be good but uh tim tim is gonna hang out with me the next couple of days here on the show which is good because he's got a lot of good stuff to say interested in his uh perspective on a lot of the stories that we are getting into today so uh he'll be joining us today and Tomorrow, coming up on the show today, we will talk to Joe Jordan of News Channel Nebraska, talk Nebraska news and politics with him. John Baylor is going to join us at 835 as we are in the home stretch until volleyball season gets going, and then who knows what else. Uh, it always kind of depends week to week what we get into with him as well. We'll have your morning drive. We'll cut down the five things you're talking about today. Sound off coming up in about 25 minutes, and so we are set to go here on a Tuesday morning, uh, Mark Vale. Good morning. How are we doing today? Oh, just fine and dandy. I'm just curious. With that missive of the uh, Tim Haruza being the summer friend, LNK today with Jack and summer friend Tim Haruza. I yes. remember uh, the right uh, uh, title that he had. Yes. Would that be classified as fiction, humor, or horror stories? <laughs> the, the him having that nickname? No, the the missive the the. You know the the running history of it. Uh, I, I would don't. it be a bestseller? Would it make the New York Times bestseller list? I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not sure how to answer that, Mark. <laughs> Just curious because I remember I was working in the newsroom and I couldn't follow it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. You know, just just trying to figure out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, we got, we got, uh, we got this morning, uh, you are going to look outside once again. It's, it's, you know, if you want to make lemons out of lemonade these days that Lincoln has the, uh, emphasis on hazy on the hazy day, lazy days of summer with smoke advisory extended again because of Canadian wildfires. Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services extended its smoke advisory to central and eastern Nebraska through the day today. If you want to make lemons out of lemonades, but I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily encourage this, but if you notice when even when it's not cloudy out but all that haze gets out there, you can look up in the sky and you're like, oh, I'm looking directly at the sun. Yes. And I did not <laughs> I, I shouldn't do this, I realize 
but it doesn't it's uh it's weirdly you're weirdly able to do that with the haze sort of uh making it a little bit more i don't know what the the word is but uh making it not as intense when you're looking up there but yes and I'm a little surprised that the rains that we've had haven't helped clear it out more than it has. Yeah, maybe you would think. We, I woke up this morning, and I guess, I don't know, I guess it rained again last night. Well, uh, a, yeah. little, a little bit officially. Yesterday, you know, in that little shower, we had two hundreds. Okay. Uh, between uh, two and three this morning, we had one one hundred. That's it? And, yep. And then between uh, three and four, we got three one hundreds. Well, Tim told me he was uh, awakened by the noise of uh, of thunder this morning. So. Uh, well, it wasn't so much. I mean, the thunder was there. It was the screaming child. That oh, was I see. The bigger issue. Yeah, about what four o'clock or so. Yeah, um, yeah there down was in some, South Lincoln. There was some pretty good lightning uh, right about four o'clock in the in the area. And then it poured for like I don't know ten minutes. I could hear hear the rain on the roof, and it was over. <laughs> so it, was it was like over. yesterday morning. It was, was just uh, like a it was like a three minute type situation. <laughs> It was like uh, a flock of chickadees flew over. Well, we got, so we got a little bit more rain in the uh, the the summer of rain that didn't get started till halfway through the summer, but summer of rain continues here in Lincoln. And uh, Mark, I know there were chances. They said there might be chances throughout the week. Are we looking like we're getting more th- today? Well, actually, yeah. They're, they're saying mid to late morning we could have some of the stronger storms uh, yet this, this week. So. Uh, Wow. Could have some small hail and winds gusting oh, up around forty. That's what they're calling for for late mid to late morning today, okay. and, an, an, and then a few possible tomorrow evening. Geez, I just looked at the weather today. I must have is that right? Is it a high of seventy nine today? Yeah. What? This is wonderful. About ten twelve degrees below average for this Holy time Holy cow! Seventy nine, eighty four tomorrow, eighty four Thursday, eighty three. Friday, we're not back into the 90s until Sunday here at this point, but 79, you know, that's delicious. I, I'm just, you know, messing around on the computer here. I'm looking at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and this is their climatology, hot weather climatology for the city of Lincoln. Uh, annually, this is uh, it's just interesting, an average, average July has 14 days with 90 degree or hotter weather. We've only had three in July so far. That of 90? That's yeah. That's it. July third, oh July fourth, and July eleventh. And I was gone. And I was gone higher. for two of those. We've only had one hundred degree day this year, according to this, and that's June twenty eighth. And I don't. I mean, I, I it was, was hot gone that for day, that but, too. Uh, and it only lasted like an hour or so. Then it dropped like three, four degrees. So. Yeah. Uh, but th- uh, yeah, this is this is actually really great. Like <laughs> last year, we had fifteen days in July that were above ninety. This year, three. Three that's, days. That's it's like crazy. It's July 18th. This is becoming a story. We, it, I have uh, Ken Dewey joining me on Thursday. We had we have so far we had more 90 degree days in May than we have had so far in July. It's crazy. And today I know is on average uh, it, the hottest or one of the two hottest days in Lincoln, uh, July 18th. I know it because it's my daughter's birthday. And she was born, I remember the day she was born, it was like crazy. Back in 2010, it was super hot. But I, I later went back and I looked at the average temperature per day, and that's July 18th is is within a period of two or three days that I have the highest average temperature per day. We and, celebrated our 13th wedding anniversary yesterday. Yes. 
Congrats. So, 2010, yes. Oh, the hottest year? day in the entire Wait, world. you got married the same week I had my daughter? The day before you had your daughter. Really? Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. she was born on a July Sunday. 17th, 2010, Saturday I afternoon. I didn't know that. It was the hottest day yes. I ever remember. I Yeah. It was, <laughs> I remember. What was the weather like, though? Hot, humid. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was you no. Know, the heat index that day was I don't know, like 109, 110 degrees. Sunday was, was the same. Miserable. Sunday miserable. was the same. I was supposed to be hosting like the National Special Olympics had come to Lincoln and they had their opening ceremonies on that Sunday, and I was supposed to be hosting it with John Bishop, like something I think at the Devaney Center. They were doing it, and Brooklyn Decker had flown in. AKA Andy Roddick's wife. Yeah, uh, she I was like, I she was remember that name. She Why? was a special guest at this thing, and so she was like co-hosting or speaking at it with. And Bishop had to do the show alone with Brooklyn Decker because I was having a baby. So <laughs> well, I always I always tell him you're welcome. So <laughs> for for that for that whole deal, but at least you know. And then the complete opposite, you hear a. About the Southwest right now and the oh, ridiculous yeah. heat there. Oh, and then yeah. B, Europe now uh, also is having just, again, this summer of w- high temperatures that they're not ready for. There. Jack, Death Valley had like a midnight temperature of 115 degrees. Crazy. What, last, yeah, the night before last. So what? Yeah, yesterday morning. 115 degrees at midnight in the dark. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Phoenix is just setting records day after day. In Phoenix, they're setting records. Here's a, here's a question. Like, there's there's some headlines about they're calling it like heat wave tourism or like climate change <laughs> tourism. Would you? Would what? you? Would you pile into your car and drive out into Death Valley to experience a hundred and thirty degree temperature? Because I would. I'm. I would. I would really. Hold it would be on. hard not to do that. I mean, I. I think I'd be curious. What the? I think I'd have curiosity that I would like to say. Okay, what's a dry one seventeen right? feel like? Hot, dry. <laughs> 130, man. <laughs> I'm curious what that... I can that... tell you, it's hot. <laughs> right? I'd like to feel it, but I'm talking about for like five minutes, and then I'm done. Well, after yeah. That. I'm not... I'm not packing up the family. And no, you're not going camping. Who's doing that? What are they? What are they doing while they're there? I just, I just hopefully sitting at a pool, I guess. But no, no, there ain't no pool out in Death Valley, man. There's no water. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Phoenix recorded its third consecutive high temperature. Uh, I think actually fourth yesterday. So they they're right at like 118, 119. They're setting records there at that. I actually thought it might be hotter there, but they're used to extreme conditions during the summer times at the there. But they said it's been especially bad uh, this year for them. Hitting so. those temps is one thing. It's like I think it's like the sustained consecutive, you know, five, six, seven days of that that gets tough. Yeah, it's like it's like one fifteen for a couple days in a row or whatever, whatever. Right. That's, right. That is. Yeah. You live in Arizona. Surprise. What I would say really stinks probably about it is nighttime because it doesn't get out of the nineties ever during the during the night. The sleeping weather has got to be brutal there. <laughs> Well, they've got you know they've got a lot of air conditioning. A lot of places have the misters and fans going. So I don't know. It's I got, tolerable. I got air conditioning in my house, and it's still it's still never cool enough during the hot days in the summer to actually get a good sleeping situation. But nonetheless, they're dealing with that. Europe's dealing with incredibly hot temps. I mean, it was it was uh, ninety nine a hundred in Rome when we were there, and they weren't ready for that. They definitely weren't ready for that. And I think it's. Even hotter than that throughout Europe right now in a whole Sicily bunch of places. Sicily and Greece are really heated up. Yeah. They're, they're in the 
110 to 115. Jeez. And, and uh, Mark, as you know, they don't have air conditioning is not a norm there in a lot of a lot Not of to the level that we're used to. And no. the other thing that's not the norm is ice in drinks. Yes, not at all. Yeah, it's just cold stuff just isn't really around, it feels like, very often. So... Uh, anyway, yeah, we've got we've got all of uh, all of that going on this morning. Mark, anything else locally that we need to uh, hit that's uh, big in the news today? Well, uh, the mayor uh, announced a uh, urban food plan. I guess that's about the best way to uh, local food plan for to make Lincoln and Lancaster County more productive food wise, and that was part of a presentation that they made yesterday. Governor uh, had his uh, statewide call-in show yesterday, talked quite a bit about his uh, recent trade mission to Vietnam, and he actually uh, uh, told us that he sat down and had a meeting with the uh, Prime Minister, which was not around the original schedule. Of oh, Vietnam yes. itself? Yes. Wow. So that's how important uh, having uh, American trade officials, and in this case, I, if I remember correctly, he was the first governor to visit Vietnam on a trade mission since the pandemic. Okay, so from any, from any place. Right, and All it right. was uh, covered across the country in media. Uh, they, they did a lot with uh, manufacturing, education. Uh, Chancellor Lee from uh, UNO was on the trip. Uh, so a very, very successful trade What are we mission. selling, beef? What are we selling here? Uh, what do they want? Well, <laughs> se- several things. Obviously, food products, although, uh, as the governor mentioned, uh, they do have Real high, about twenty three percent tariffs on beef imported. Oh, but there's there's a lot of uh, grains, uh, soy products, soybean meal, soybean um, going for livestock feed primarily, uh, and dried distillers grain. They're called DDGs. That, that comes off of when you are making uh, ethanol. You have the the grains left, and that's a good source of feed as well. I imagine the governor brings like uh, like a fold out. You know, presentation table so you can set up a little booth there in Vietnam, like you're at the state fair or something. <laughs> they they, uh, they <laughs> like had, had some check demonst- out Nebraska products, right? Yeah, there it was interesting. There's, there's, uh, I saw one picture of him in a in a grocery store. He was at a meat case, uh, and of course, as you would expect, he was in, uh, standing in front of a, a one case that was uh, filled with pork products. But then uh, there was also one big, you know, English sign. Certified U.S. Angus beef, <laughs> certified Angus beef. So, uh, you know, they, they uh, the high end products are uh, really uh, looked for. All right. Well, hopefully they uh, hopefully they sold some of that stuff. And we got the gaming tax receipts uh, yesterday. I know we are. Yeah, they came out. And what do we do? Do we got? Are we are we rolling in the money now? Well, uh, actually, uh, June was up five point two percent from May. Is this for Lincoln or for the whole state? That's for the state. Okay. Lincoln and Grand Island receipts were actually lower, but in June the Columbus Casino opened. Columbus, so, ah, Columbus, you dirty dogs, Columbus! Look at <laughs> you, dirty dogs! I would have expected Warhorse with the advent of uh, sports gambling to have at least maintained a pretty st- um, steady, but uh, June revenue or June tax receipts were down eight percent from the gambling the gambling sports haven't really started yeah wasn't that kind of the yeah that's true there's just what are you doing you're going in on a oh the orioles play the blue jays tonight (laughs) like like, i have a couple of friends that have gone out there and that's why you yeah you're betting on baseball i've still never been there a couple of those i've not been there i've never been there we have this is like the third time we have threatened to like let's go get lunch out there or something
don't yeah, I don't know. I, want them to, I don't even know if they serve lunch. Do they have. I don't know. I want them to build a nice thing first, and then I then I'll go. But. Just wait, wait until they roll out the red carpet. That's right. Grand opening. <laughs> All right, it's six twenty-four. That's Tim Maruza, Mark Vale, Johnny Cadillac, and me. I'm Jack Mitchell. You listen to LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Get the news and insights. It's a source I can trust. Fourteen hundred and ninety-nine three KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK today. All right, welcome back. 64 degrees, 637. Glad to have you back with us. Tim Hruza in for me today, keeping me company as uh, Caleb is gone for the next uh, week and a half or so. Going to be gone until two weeks from yesterday. And so I asked Tim to come in and uh, enjoy me and rekindle the uh, fun that we used to have back in the summer of 2017. And right now it is time for our sound off, ladies and gentlemen. So we've got a lot to get to here. So without any further ado, let's jump in. Now, don't look now. I mentioned this yesterday, Tim. Um, we were talking about summer kind of flying by. We've got a uh, got a GOP presidential debate on the calendar next month. Are you what? aware of this? I actually I have not at all even dived into this. We're going to Milwaukee, and their Fox is going to host it. They got Milwaukee. Brett Beyer and Martha McCallum ready to host this whole thing. And I mean, remember uh, eight years ago, oh, uh, right after we were right after oh, we were doing man. our show, they they had one. They had that was the uh, the Megyn Kelly one, right? That eight years saw, ago. She's in the news. Do you remember that Did one? You, she's in the she's news in the news now. Too? Yeah, I don't even I, know who she works she for now. She, uh, I don't either. She, her, and Trump have apparently buried the hatchet, according to her. That oh, she okay. On, she's in the news for yeah. All right, that well, is all done. That now. was eight years ago. That was, eight- <laughs> that was the first debate eight years ago when that happened. So the next one is happening. But the deal here now is that you've got to to get on the stage. You've got to meet all of these requirements about how many individual donors that you've got, how many donors come from different states, right? You've got several different things. And then you've also, you've also got to pledge that you're going to support whoever the GOP nominee is Mm -hmm. to be on there, Mm -hmm. polling numbers. And so Mm -hmm. we're starting to, to Tim to kind of say, okay, Who's going to be on the stage? Who isn't going to make it up there for this debate coming up next month? With six weeks to go until the first 2024 GOP presidential debate, candidates are getting creative when it comes to raising money. The Republican National Committee has a requirement that says candidates have to raise money from at least 40,000 donors across the country in order to earn a spot on stage for the August 23rd debate in Milwaukee. Biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy has a plan to let people who raise money for his campaign keep 10% of what they take in from other donors, while North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum is offering gift cards in return for campaign donations. And Miami Mayor Francis Suarez is raffling off a chance to see Argentine soccer legend Lionel Messi's Miami debut. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. (laughs) We're literally going going to raffle off tickets. If you donate him, you might get soccer tickets because America loves America. American and Republican uh, donors love their soccer. Donate one dollar to my campaign, and you'll get entered into a drawing. You, you get to go to Miami and watch a soccer game. That's amazing. 
Yeah. How so, do you set the over under on forty thousand? Like I that is that is there's some interesting like efforts to get to that number, but how do you decide forty thousand number? That's a good question. I wonder what the average individual donor number is. Well, like, like Bernie always had like, I don't know, hundred billion individual donors. Forty thousand unique donors. And so they all want these one dollar donors yeah. now. Yeah, so it doesn't just, matter. Like, give me, give me fifty cents, and I'll give you a free yes. a Ferrari. Like, just, let's do this. It's just about numbers. That's all the and and it's got to be at least uh, so four forty thousand unique donors with at least two hundred unique donors per state. Uh, and then in the polls, they've got to have one percent in three <laughs> national polls, or one percent in two national polls, and one percent from an early state poll from two carve out states recognized by the committee. So I assume if you get if you're doing well in Iowa. That can that can so right now here's who's in here's who's in by those numbers oh Trump DeSantis Haley Ramaswamy Tim Scott and Chris Christie wait Ramaswamy's in I thought he was one of them giving gift cards away I well he probably was and it worked <laughs> <laughs> forget the Powerball let's start let's start donating the campaigns now, to see what we can win those who have not uh, not yet qualified still working on it Mike Pence ooh which is is that that's concerning ooh. right uh Will Hurd Doug Burgum he's the North Dakota governor who's given gift card like $20 gift card for a $1 $1 donation uh, He's very independently wealthy, right? Pretty yes. self-financed. Yep. That's his thing. Yeah. Uh, Asa Hutchinson, not in yet. Ryan Binkley, not only not in, but I don't know who he is. So I, I have not heard that name. Nope. Francis Suarez, he's the mayor of Miami who's given away the messy tickets. So cool. And then uh, Larry. <laughs> I, I honestly may be making a campaign donation today, Jack. <laughs> and then Larry Elder uh, also is, is not on yet. So we'll see. It's the rush. It's the rush to the stage. It's just how many, how many uh, of those podiums are they going to need up there? I mean, I think. I assume Pence is going to make it. That's a huge, that's a real problem for Pence's campaign if he wouldn't make the, I mean, I think his campaign has other problems, but that'll be a big problem if he doesn't make that first debate stage. So I assume a couple more of those, but so you're looking at one, two, three, six are in. It's not going to be like that. Do you remember that one Republican debate in 20, 2016? I remember they were like at an airport hangar and they had... I mean, it looked like they had 37 podiums lined oh, yeah. up across the yeah, front. Yeah, like 17 or 18 on the stage. It was just silly. 30-second sound by if they got two sentences out of, yeah. So, yes. like, so, like, we're only talking, I mean, it looks like maybe 8 to 10, maybe, in that's, this one. That's still that's a, a crazy amount, I know, but it's but at it's, least manageable. It is at least manageable. It seems like a relatively small amount to some of the amounts that you had in that, that 20... Uh, 2016 race. I just I feel I feel like we've missed out on an opportunity to use maybe here's maybe this is the public disclaimer. A campaign contribution to a presidential candidate is not a statement of support. <laughs> a dollar for like the the raffle tickets for these the soccer tickets are a buck to get your name in. I can get a twenty dollar gift card for my one dollar investment. That's a no brainer. What kind of a twenty dollar gift card is? It? I don't Do we know. know. What's Burgum giving? I'll figure this I, out. But. You make a good. This po- is, they're turning this into an absolute joke, Jack. My entire my point in this is like, are we seriously doing this? They're not even doing it for fundraising. All because we put this over under number on forty thousand. They're, they're not even. They're not even doing it for fundraising. If they get one dollar, I mean, they're going to make what forty thousand, eighty thousand dollars. That's chump change in in this kind of race, right? Silly. Uh, just to get to get to that number. Yeah. By the way, the the debate 
is August 23rd in Milwaukee. That's where it's where it's at. Milwaukee, of course, where they're having the uh, GOP convention. So that is a Wednesday night. Oh, that is the uh, that would be the night before. Wait, that's the night of the uh, the volleyball game, isn't it? August 23rd. Pretty sure that's the night of the Memorial the Sta- big day. The Memorial Stadium. That's not a week. I haven't even. I, I yeah. I haven't not even paid I attention to when that is. I think that is. Let me see. Do I have that right? No, I don't have that right. Nope. I, I'm a week ahead on that. Sorry, I'm a week ahead of that. They wouldn't have scheduled that on the same night as the big volleyball game. That's mm. August 30th. The first 50,000 donors 30th. get a $20 gift card in return for their $1 investment. In the to the North campaign. Dakota governor? Where is the gift? Does it say where the uh, gift card is? I mean, is it going to be something from something completely worthless? Uh... Um, or is it like a Visa gift card? Where, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It doesn't tell me. And, and by the way, it just says a economic re- Biden economic relief card is what's <laughs> twenty dollar Biden economic relief card is. What's is that this not- is the campaign website? Uh, the burden on American families yeah, caused it. by Democrats is unruly, and Joe Biden is doing nothing. We want to help, so we're offering you a twenty dollar gift card. That's all you be, have to do is contribute a dollar to claim it, but it does not say what kind of gift card. Is this not getting into some sort of like gray potential area in campaign finance law? I will bet you, I mean, there has to be so many lawyers that have worked on this if you have multiple presidential campaigns. They're all doing it, so it must be. Yeah. If they haven't cleared Jeez. it directly with the FEC. Suarez really isn't. Suarez, I mean, man, his North Dakota guy is giving away gifts to everybody. He's just giving you a shot. To win MLS soccer tickets. This legit does not tell me where this $20 gift card is. Well, that sounds shady. I know. Like, it's not, it doesn't tell me I get a $20 gift card to Applebee's or like it's probably, you can select from these 10 places. It's probably like, some, he's probably got a tight relationship with some business owner in Fargo. It's, it's like a, it's like a mom and pop shop in Fargo oh, somewhere. Okay, here you go, here you go, here you go. Uh, as for what type of gift card, and this is from an NPR story, the campaign says donors will actually get a prepaid Visa or MasterCard okay. gift card. So it's just a prepaid that's debit what, card. All right. They Yeah, they set something up with one of those card issuers that's going to print 50,000 gift toy. So you, gift it's a net gain of $19 then. Yeah, for each individual donor. Can we still do this? I don't know. This has been up for a week, and the the website's not down. It says time is running out to to get your twenty. That'd be pretty amazing if my most my most uh, my first ever donation to a political candidate would be to North Carolina, or excuse me, North Dakota Governor what Doug Burgum is that his name? I don't even know his name for sure. That is it. I don't know his name for sure, but I'm considering donating to him. This this has been up for over almost a week now, and they still don't have fifty thousand donors. So. What? <laughs> right? <laughs> Hold on. I work in radio. I know how Limit, much people like free stuff. Limit of one gift stuff. card per donor for the first 50,000 donors, and it's still up. And like the news articles from NPR and stuff. Can I have I'm everybody in my are, family do it, July though? July 12th is one. It's been up for a few days by then. So. We're, uh, we're all, we've always been a Bergam family. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a political contribution is not an endorsement <laughs> of support, a statement of support. Uh, don't anyway. barely know your name, but I'm now a donor to I honestly campaign. might do this just to see what happens. All right. It'll, 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 it will result in more text messages is what it will be. I'll just get more text messages from Spe- every candidate. Speaking of that, pre- yeah, that's true. Speaking of that presidential race, uh, could we have a significant uh, third-party candidate this year? Hey, guys, remember H. Ross Perot? Remember Ralph Nader? Remember these guys? Remember the remember how they impacted the races that they were in? Could that be happening again this year? Well, 
maybe there's a there's a group that's uh, got some names at least that people recognize probably more than anybody knew who H. Ross Perot was going into 1992 or how much they knew who Ross or uh, Ralph Nader was going into 2000. Senator Joe Manchin, a West Virginia Democrat, says his party and the Republicans are going about government all wrong. Their business model is better to be divided than, than united. And we're going to change that. He supports no labels, a push to boost bipartisanship in politics. Former U.S. ambassador to Russia and China, John Huntsman, is with Manchin on the idea, saying simply, What we're here is is basically to explain to you that we need options. They say that also means at the ballot box. Senator Manchin says he'll decide at year's end if he runs for president, and perhaps if his label will be neither of the major ones. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. Joe Manchin. Manchin mm. Huntsman mm. on the No Labels Party. Like the idea, like the idea of a, a third party. Let's start it at more of the lower levels, though, before we <laughs> jump right in to impacting the presidential election here would be my thought on this whole thing. I don't. So, and maybe it's just cause I'm too, I don't remember sort of how the, the Ross Perot, like how that all worked out to where he became a house. I, I know his name. I've known it my entire life. Here's how, how you even get into he bought, that. He bought network TV time during prime time entire show. So it's just money, right? So like, he did. You just yes. Money. Elevate your name. Using 100% money. money. Info. I don't think Joe Manchin is out. like a well, billionaire. Well, you look over here. We got this chart. About 35%. 35%. He would go on. Then he would buy out national network TV at primetime, 7 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock at night, and go on and do these he a billionaire? Was he yeah. a billionaire? That's yes. how he did it? Okay. Yeah. I, don't, so I like, can't remember what his industry was. Probably, so, probably, probably oil, oil or something? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the southern accent gives it away. Uh, hey, he told like this. Is how he told you. That's kind of, I don't know how. I just, I just, I, I am skeptical of a grassroots build for, yeah, you got to have, Joe Manchin doesn't have billions of dollars, so unless he's got a backer that's going to give him billions of dollars. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? I don't know, but can they get on the ballot? Can they get on the you know ballot? Can they get forty thousand independent sta- donors well, to get on? No, can they offer that. people gift cards to get on the ballot? <laughs> That's a, yeah. I mean, you can't promise that you'll give them a gift card in exchange for voting for you, right. but right. I don't know. Uh, all right, what else do we got? Oh, the uh, are you on the new social media meta social media site Threads? Threads, I did. Yes, I did. You signed download up? the app. You don't have really? to sign up. You don't have to sign up. You just download the app, and it's your Instagram account or whatever. So if you have an Instagram account, you're already like. Yes, I got it because I thought Twitter was going down because they capped the amount of tweets you could see. It wasn't because I had personal animus against Elon Musk. I just. I thought that it was about to go down, and then they took that away after saying they were going to do it. Twitter's also trash. I, all like, all it, over the place. Yeah, it's bad right now. So I, I got on it just in case, uh, and I used it for the first few days, and now I don't get on it at all. I kind of forgot that it exists. But you know who didn't forget that it exists? House Republicans. In fact, they're bringing them in. <laughs> they're bringing them in for a little investigation here <laughs> okay. already. That didn't take long. All House right. Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan of Ohio wants Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg to show how posts 
on the new social media platform Threads is managed. Jordan's committee is already investigating Meta's other established forums, Facebook and Instagram, on grounds of the panel's claim those platforms censored First Amendment-protected speech. Chairman Jordan said in a letter to Meta, Threads is concerning because it is a rival to Twitter, owned by Elon Musk, which has been criticized by the Biden White House. Meta's past statement of not wanting Threads to become too political has fueled some censorship claims. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. First of all, first of all, it needs to just give me the option to have a chronological timeline. That's all of everybody that I follow. Every social media ever created should have that option, and that takes care of everything. But no, they're going to have an algorithm thing. That you have just, not deviated from that takes in the last six years. hundred uh, sure. percent. I still then, feel that. like dating back to before that. I still feel that. But also, they're censoring First Amendment protected content, but First Amendment involves government actors yeah i I mean this the whole thing gets like super confusing when you go down the road of like are they classified as what type of utility like provider and all that mess and so i i don't know man it's it's really it's it's all a way to just kind of you know listen i'm not sure it's going to be the greatest place on earth whatsoever it may be a you know i may never use it but i'm a little surprised we're already already digging into this thing yeah i can't believe it's gone political so fast i i am in the same place you are which is i've had it for what a week and a half now i got it when it came out like three weeks ago. i forget i forget to check it like i don't think about i don't think about it it's not top of mind i also i've deleted twitter from my phone though too so wow i have facebook and instagram and i I don't have facebook either i was gonna say you have facebook instagram on my phone um so yeah, I have not even. I don't think to scroll through threads at all. Uh, yeah, I it, I do. It's fine. It's just it's not it's not something I'm that's in my regular rotation yet. Last but not least, got to do this. This will be fun. Bachelor, the show. You into the Bachelor? Anybody in your house into the Bachelor? Never no, have I ever. Never have you ever. Well, you know the concept, right? Oh yes, <laughs> you know the concept. Uh, they're they're tweaking the concept and they're going to appeal to. Uh, maybe some older audiences on this one, or at least some older contestants on this next one. They're calling it the Golden Bachelor. He's finally here, ladies. The Golden Bachelor has been named as 71-year-old Gary Turner, a grandpa from Indiana. He will be handing out the Golden Rose on the Boomer Bachelor franchise spinoff from the long-running ABC series, The Bachelor. This new look will be a whole new kind of love story. One for the golden years. The synopsis reads, a hopeless romantic is given a second chance at love in the search for a partner with whom to share the sunset years of life. The spinoff will air this fall, Mondays at 10 p.m. Turner is a retired restaurateur and father and grandfather. He lives in his dream home on a beautiful lake in Indiana. Michelle Polino, Fox News. And this man had, is not 70. I know. And look There's at, no way he's 70. He, what, what do you think no he looks way. like? 52? Yeah, I'd say like, yeah, mid-50s. He, he is a fantastic looking man. Oh my. The, he is a fantastic. Sure, they would have, they would have the, golden, the golden bachelor with a 70-year-old man who looks like he's like he's fitter than I am. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like, know. Oh I saw gosh. him. I saw him the other day and I was like, Ooh. man, that is one. If I'm even 10% of that at 71, <laughs> I will take it in a second. Oh, uh, my. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. We'll see how he does. <laughs> All these headlines. I wonder what looking. range of age of women that they'll bring in for that. 
That's a, that would be the, the, interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be a pretty wide range. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Still, you got like 28-year-olds who want to win it. Uh, all right. There. You, well, I mean, you got a nice place in Indiana. You never know. Uh, it's uh, 656. That's it for your sound off. You'll listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Cue the Huskers. Home and away. Welcome to KLIN. Now streaming live on your Amazon device and at KLIN.com. I will now connect you to the live stream. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, right, 658 right now, 64 degrees in the capital city. That's right. High in the upper 70s today. How about that? Not bad at all. In fact, I was going to check, get a little bit of a a radar update here just to see if there's uh, anything in the area. Eh. Uh, God, Columbus is getting it again this morning, or they're about to get it, uh, if not. But, yeah, it's, guys, I think we got, we've got got some uh, weather action coming this way here over the course of the maybe next hour, hour and a half. Could be a similar deal to what we had yesterday, although that was pretty short-lived. This is a bigger, uh, bigger group of storms right now, and it's creating some severe weather warnings in, in Ord. Might want to note that, Tim. Tell the family. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll text my Loop parents. City. We got Caleb's hometown. Him. Loop City's getting a little. St. Paul's getting a little. His wife, his wife's hometown. Everybody, whoever's a co-host on here, has got their fam- their house right now uh, getting rained on. Uh, maybe some severe weather as well. But anyway, it's tracking to the southeast and looks like that could be something that could impact us a little bit later this morning. So stay tuned. We'll have the latest for you. It is 7 o'clock on KLIM Lincoln. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is 709. We've got 64 degrees cloudy skies in the capital city, as I just indicated. Uh, We do have some precipitation, in some cases a little bit. Some severe stuff right now in the area of uh, St. Paul going uh, down toward the Tri-Cities right now. The entire system is moving to the southeast, but does look like it's on track right now to bring some precipitation to Lincoln. Uh, again, probably probably around 8 o'clock in that range there. We'll see how quickly it moves, uh, but something that you want to plan for here this morning. All right, with that said, it is time to talk to Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, about what's going on in Nebraska news and politics. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing this morning? Good, Jack. How are you guys? I'm uh, I'm good. I'm good. We were, uh, y- you know, taking a look. It's it's you hear all this 2024 uh, discussions, whether at the, it's at the local, the state level, or the national level. Um, and and there's part of me that thinks, okay, it's still really early in this whole thing, but. Then, then I start, you know, getting to to think about it more. You're know, like, okay, well, for instance, at the in the presidential race, the GOP has their first debate in six weeks in the month of 
of August, and you'll have primaries coming up for you know statewide seats for Senate and House seats and those sorts of things. And the Iowa caucus is six months away. Yeah, and yeah, you'll have some. Yeah, depending on where you're at, some of those is coming up, coming up, coming up in in six months in Nebraska. It's May, so you got ten months, but you got ten months until you're starting to whittle down that field for place seats like the Senate and the House and legislative positions and those sorts of things. So it really isn't isn't all that early right now. And so you're starting to get some news about candidates. And the latest one is that a candidate that looked like he was going to throw his hat in the ring for U.S. Senate in Nebraska, uh, in fact, filed the paperwork to start looking at it, decided that he was not going to do that. Paul Theobald, former dean of education and counseling at Wayne State College, he had filed paperwork in June which showed just an intent to raise money, but he had taken those steps. And it's a couple of weeks later, a few weeks later here, and he said he's not going to do it, told the Nebraska Examiner. He said it's nothing in particular, just kind of a confluence of forces. It just felt like it's too big of a job. And so the Democrats still have multiple uh, multiple Senate Senate you know races to fill they've got they've got some of their house races filled they've got some of those as well uh, how do you think this boat this kind of news when he looks at this and he decides not to do it and it might be personal circumstances we don't know but how does this boat for what you know how they get candidates and who those candidates are going into these statewide wide races in 24 when i spoke with jane Klebb, interviewed her about about a month ago now she said that they were going to have they would have candidates for both senate seats running against uh, Deb Fisher and Pete Ricketts, and those announcements would probably come. One would come uh, like maybe mid-fall and the other later in the fall. Now, at the time, she didn't give me any names. I don't know if she was talking about Paul Theobald or not, uh, but she was very insistent that they, were, that they would have candidates. And I asked her if these were candidates that people would know their names. And she said uh, she was certain people would know their names. Then I asked if they were elected officials. And she said, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, and the reason you obviously wanted to know if they're elected officials is because they would already have, you know, if they have, they've won some race somewhere in the state uh, and, and had some increased credibility as a, as a candidate for the for, for U.S. Senate seat. Now, I don't. I haven't spoken with uh, Mr. Theobald, and I, as you said, it could be personal circumstances. It could be whatever. I think, reading between the lines from where I'm sitting, he just realized trying to raise the money to run against the Pete Ricketts is a difficult, a difficult task. Uh, some of the reports are coming out now that uh, in the last quarter, I think uh, Senator Ricketts raised eight hundred thousand um, dollars for his race. I think uh, Senator Fisher maybe six hundred thousand dollars. Uh, so the money is pouring in for those candidates, and uh, not surprisingly, uh, and when you don't have any opponent, uh, people are, are more willing to give to you, figuring you're, you're, you know, you're, their, their money is, is is heading in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, and, that with, and 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 it only makes it easier for those candidates to raise the amounts of money that they're going to need if they do wind up with a challenger. Uh, you know, will the Democrats have? "Quote unquote credible candidates." I, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know, based on and in reference to what you were saying earlier, the longer this goes, the harder it becomes. 
if, if you're not in this race, and, 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 and Jane Klebb's comment about, uh, you know, mid-fall, late-fall, those timetables would work. Uh, if, if they can't come up with candidates by that time, things would get pretty shaky uh, because the, the clock is ticking and, and, and trying to get, you know, campaigns put together. Uh, as you said, along with trying to run, you know, key, key legislative races across the state uh, for 2024. So, you know, not surprisingly, uh, the, the Nebraska Democratic Party has its work cut out for it, as it has for, for you know, several years now, in trying to put together uh, a ticket that that they can be comfortable with and have credibility to voters across the state. Yeah, uh, and I have some skepticism if, the, you know, when if if she told you that it's these are names that people will recognize around the state, here's why I'm skeptical of that. I don't know that very many of those exist at this point. I, I mean, well, I think I could put together a very, very, very short list of Democrats that I would consider in this state who have widespread name recognition. If well, any, just well, well, for starters, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't. I, I kind of heard the name Paul Theobald before. In, in, in you know years, some recent years, but really couldn't put my my finger on it. Uh, you know, I've never spoken to the to the individual. Um, if, if if that's a if if that was a recognizable name, uh, I would question how recognizable that name is. Right. He uh, he ran. So I didn't realize this. He ran against Adrian Smith, Smith. in 2018. Right. So. Which I, I didn't, I didn't even realize that. But he had ran against Adrian Smith in in 2018. At and that I'm point, sure Adrian so. Smith got 70 percent of the vote. I'm just uh, 106. Off, off my head. 76 to 23. You're close. 76 percent to to 23 in there. So yeah, if that, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're you're describing as statewide name recognition. But honestly, like who. I, I, if we asked, if we, we, we said, okay, name the first three Democrats to a random person in the state, statewide Democrats that you could even think of, I don't know who people would come up with. I have no idea. Maybe maybe there's some state senators out there who, I mean, I probably people like like Michaela Kavanaugh right now, right? I'm, I, I don't know who else. Is Larry and Gaylor Baird on that list? Maybe. Maybe I, yeah, I would think so. I don't, but I don't know. It's it's yeah. not easy to come up with three, right? To right. Th- that you think are so. That's why I have some skeptic. Probably Jane Kleb, to be honest. It's probably the other one. That's in, you know, it's an actual Democrat who's got statewide name recognition. So that'll be. I think that'll be difficult from the beginning. Um, and yeah, that, in fact, of, of the three people you just mentioned, Jane Klebb is probably the most name recognition probably, across the state of Nebraska. Probably. I, I, I have little doubt about that, I, given, I, given the number of years she's been involved in, in, the, in, in whether it was pipeline issues or the, or the Nebraska Democratic Party, uh, the, Jane Klebb's name is known well across the state of Nebraska. I would say, I would say the four most well-known name are Hunt, Kavanaugh, Klebb, and maybe Larry and Gaylor Baird right now. In the yeah, Democrats. and Hunt has become an independent yeah, and Hunt said, that's right. So I guess it would just be Kavanaugh. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's interesting, too, to see this overlay then on everything that happened with Mike McDonnell uh, this this weekend where there was talk about censuring him at the Democratic Party meeting. 
uh, in Scotts Bluff. If people didn't hear, they did not. They decided, or they didn't have a. I don't know if it was because they didn't have a quorum, or if there were other reasons, but they did not censure him. But as you know, Joe, he's been uh, an exception in the the state Democratic Party, just in how he's voted in the legislature on some of these most high profile issue issues, particularly abortion and the care, the the transgender care for minors as well. And there were rumblings that they were going to censure him at the state level uh, for the party, but they did not do that at this point. Um, it'll be interesting now to see what happens going forward, Joe, because I understand that he's got some sights set on uh, running for mayor in Omaha at this point. And, oh, there's a little doubt. We've reported on this extensively. Yeah, and, and I remember you had said it and- before. Well, and and there's, I mean, barring some unforeseen circumstance, uh, Mike McDonald's running for mayor of Omaha uh, in 2025. Now, whether that's, you know, against Jean Stothard, who has not yet said whether she's going to run for an unprecedented fourth term, uh, having already won an unprecedented third term here, uh, uh, I, I think McDonald, you know, like I said, barring some... Uh, at the moment, it would be, to me, a pretty unforeseen circumstance if he's not running for mayor of Omaha in 2025. The problem the Democratic Party has right now with Mike McDonald, you can boil down to something that happened a couple of years ago, Don Klein. The, the, the Democratic Party was mad about Don Klein's handling of the shooting that occurred in the old market uh, and, his, and his decision not to prosecute uh, the, sh- the shooter in that case uh, of a white man who killed the black man, and he wouldn't prosecute went to a, a special prosecutor right. was called XYZ happened in the end there was uh, there were you know there was no case because the individual that was accused of shooting actually killed himself and the whole thing would just evolved but during that whole process Don Klein one of the strongest Democrats public officials in the state in terms of notoriety in terms of uh, being a Democrat his whole life so to speak <laughs> Um, the Democrats at the state level turned their back on Klein, in effect called him a racist, uh, and he then bolted, joined the Republican Party, mm-hmm. had, had, had some opposition when he ran for a, a re-election in 2020, but he won. Uh, and now the Democrats have to be looking at that and saying, do we want to turn on Mike McDonald? Because this guy could be the next mayor of Omaha. <laughs> right. Now... <laughs> Right. Now, I don't think McDonald, to be honest with you, uh, even if he got even if he got censured, and I could be wrong about this, but and, and I know I've known Mike McDonald for a long time, been reporting on him for years. I actually don't think he would switch parties, even if he was censured really? by the Democrats. I don't think he would switch which parties. Um, is that the all, union stuff is so t- strong with him, or what is that? There, Why there there. There's that, and he's the head of the AFL-CIO, which is five counties here, you know, huge union uh, organized organization, and he's, he's, he's in charge of that now. Um, uh, there's that, plus if he were to switch parties and run as a Republican in the city of Omaha, first of all, if Mayor Stothert were to run... Right. <laughs> He'd be primary and incumbent, yeah. And somebody that Republicans already would... would want, are going to support, right. so he he'd be the he'd be on the you know the, the short side of that quote unquote Republican primary. Uh, now, if Gene Stoffer were not to run, uh, he then then so say McDonald's running as a Republican and she's not in the race. So let's say he's the Republican candidate. Well, if that's the case, if that's the case, then <laughs> then there's there's 
this is a Democratic city, and uh, and some Democrats of, of a somewhat high profile here are already thinking about the race. They're going to be they're going to be maybe the favorite uh, against him because it's a republic. It's not a Republican city, so I don't see Mike McDonald switching parties, even if he got censured by the Democrats. But the Democrats have to be very careful in how they handle this, and. I think they'll probably, assuming he runs as a Democrat in the in in, uh, in 2025, I think the Democrats sort of stay out of it. Uh, don't maybe don't pick because there's probably going to be more than one. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of stay out of it, uh, and then if McDonald survives the primary and is one, it, probably running against a Republican for the for the mayorship here, uh, they would then support him. Right, uh, the party would back him uh, because he, he'd be the Democratic candidate. But uh, it, 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 it's getting very complicated, and I think the Democratic Party realizes they've got to be careful with how they handle this McDonald situation because, yeah, they, they don't like his votes on transgender. They don't like his votes on abortion. Now, on, on abortion, I'll be honest with you, he ran in 2016 on a pro-life, uh, as a pro-life candidate. He ran for re-election in 2020 as a pro-life candidate. Right. No one has ever not known right. he's a, that pays attention to any of this that he's not a pro-life candidate well, and uh, and a pro-life state senator and was probably going to vote for any legislation that would further limit abortions. Now, the transgender thing is a bit different because that wasn't even on the radar, you know, right. in 2016, 2020. It, it just it just popped up now, uh, and then he, he, he voted for that as well. So that one... Uh, he, you know, he can stand up and say, I was pro-life. I've been pro-life, you know, forever. And that's true. Um, uh, but the transgender thing is a little bit, it's a little bit different and a little bit dicier for him. But in the end, I don't see the Democratic Party, uh, turning their backs on Mike McDonald, uh, certainly not completely. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it goes to the first conversation we have. I mean, there's you only have so many candidates who are viable for certain right. things. And so it, it, that goes to that. And you know, and then and then and the Democratic Party needs a win. I mean, they need a, you know, they've obviously managed to hang on to, to the you know, the mayor's office at Lincoln, but they need some That's other it. they need some other wins, and the mayor's office in Omaha would be a big one for them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we got to go. But then you know, you think of you know your Ben Nelson and your Heath Mellows and some of your other Democrats that have been pro life too, and yes. they haven't quite had that situation. And so is the party changing uh, or or what? That's a that's a question too that we've got more time to discuss down the road. All right, hey, great to talk to you, Joe. I appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll hit on whatever's going on next week, and uh, we'll talk to you then next Tuesday. All right. You take care, Jack. Thank you, Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. All right, seven twenty-five. Take a break. I've got sports next on KLIN. Where the news never stops, and the talk never ends. They always have great conversation. KLIN Lincoln. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get things started today with number five. Uh, Before we do that, we got just got a quick traffic note here. Uh, Chris is starting to work on it, but it just came in. We've got a car versus a bicycle at 48th and F. That's not too far from the stations here, right there just north of Leffler Middle School. Uh, So you might want to there, Medic and uh, LFR en route to that location right now. Oh, my goodness. You might want to avoid that at least for a little while. It's right up just a couple of blocks from where we're at right now. That's right. But Chris will have more uh, here in just uh, a few minutes. 
All right. Uh, yeah, we've got some rain on the way. Uh, we had a little uh, tenth of an inch, maybe two, t- uh, not a tenth, a hundredth of an inch, maybe two hundredths uh, earlier this morning. But we got some more moving in and could have some stronger storms mid to late morning. Yeah, I'm looking at the radar right now, Mark, and it looks like the storms that are getting warnings right now, severe weather warnings, which there are some, but they're tracking to the south of Lincoln. Um, so as usual, uh, as usual, Beatrice and, and uh, Thayer County, they're probably gonna gonna get those. Uh, but of course, the the system that's going through could produce some other severe weather as well. But as it looks right now. Uh, you're going to have rain in Seward here fairly shortly, and so I think by 8 o'clock this morning, we should be seeing some precipitation again here it is in the capital city. It is just a typical July morning, Jack. This I'm is like, July like in Lincoln. every day now. What's new? Rain it's great. morning. It's great. I mean, temps in the high 70s for today. We're at 65 right now. We're not going to get... Even above 80 today, according to the forecast. This looks like, Mark, the, the difference between today and yesterday, though, uh, is you remember we were looking at the radar yesterday, and that thing was looked like it, it was kind of some heavy rain, but it was a very small system, and it was moving very quickly. This one's a lot bigger. Yes. This one is a and, lot bigger. And one that just popped up on my screen, uh, they're showing a uh, radar-indicated tornado just south of York. What? Tornadoes? Uh, yeah, and uh, it says it's moving northwest. Really? Seems a little odd. Well, there, there was a little. I don't see anything moving northwest on the radar. But this one just popped up on Weather Underground. So that's but that York looks like they're going to be getting some of the. It still looks like a little south. It looks like more like a Geneva. Yeah, and like I said, going into to those areas, maybe Sutton, um, going to be getting that, and then eventually Beatrice, I think. Uh, the heaviest stuff and the stuff that's warned right now. But there's warnings all the way from um, Burwell and Ord down through St. Paul, Grand Island. Uh, those are severe weather warnings that you've got all the way in that area right now. Watches are warnings, that is. But hopefully that stays away from Lincoln, but you're just going to see another decent amount of hopefully precipitation and the complete turnaround the complete redemption <laughs> like it, of this summer and yeah. and rain is incredible, Mark. Oh yeah, it is. I it's mean, just unbelievable. It's been you, know, you have nothing for months, and now we're coming up almost on one month of the rainy yeah, season. I mean, at one point, at one point in early July, first week of July or something, we had the same amount of rain that we'd had for six months. Yes. Six months prior, that's right. That, yeah, that's right. maybe seven inches or whatever. That. That was that. I don't know. This is it's and that was a couple of weeks ago. And, and as, as we discussed earlier too, like just the string of not hitting ninety degree days in July is so unseasonable, right? It's three, incredible. Three ninety plus degree days in July so far, Jack. Every day from here on out has to hit ninety just to hit what we had last year. And to that's get to not like fifteen. That's not going <laughs> to happen. We don't have nineties in the forecast until Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not, then, not your July pool weather that you look forward what to. A, it's fantastic. <laughs> all, and all we're oh. hearing about is Europe and the Southwest and the heat waves they're going we through. Ate, and we we'll, ate outside on a patio last night down in the Haymarket. Uh, it was awesome. Weather. I gotta go outside. I, go I sit outside and like I, it was. Beautiful. I need to do a little. It wasn't little, humid. It was comfortable. Yeah, we're. Nice, I mean, it's feeling nice. more like May right now than July. For the most part, yep. out here we're we're getting the May weather that we missed. I think in some ways, and so. uh, Weather Underground just popped up another radar indicated tornado just to the southeast of uh, Aurora. Really, just north of Saint Paul, oh, or uh, south of 
Yeah. North of Grand Island. Yeah, yeah, I see that. On the radar, yeah. I can see that they're, they've got some real significant stuff going on right there. But this whole system goes clear back up to around Valentine. That's what but I'm saying. This, uh, I think... extends down into the uh, just east of uh, St. Joe in Kansas City. I think we may be getting more than our typical, like, three one-hundredths of an inch out of this one, Mark. <laughs> yeah. I've, the way I, that I it would, looks. Especially if it continues to come together. Yeah. As uh, we do get a little warmer. Yeah. So stay with us during that 8 o'clock hour. I think I think we'll probably see some rain, uh, but there's at least a chance we're going to see some severe weather going along with that as well. So stick with us this morning, and we'll keep you posted on what you need to know. But regardless, if you're leaving your house now and going to be outside for any period of time in the next hour, I would be prepared to be uh, out in some rain. Number four. California plans to restrict state-funded travel to Nebraska later this year. Uh, effective, actually, um, oh, trying to figure out what the date is. Uh, October, October 1st. 1st. Yep. Uh, that has to do with LB 574, the uh, gender uh, care bill. Uh, but exactly what this means for University California uh Still talk, trying to figure this one out, whether or not sports teams, for example. So, yeah. So Nebraska it, Examiner went into this pretty deep. So essentially, they're there's not going to be they're not going to state they're not going to do state funded travel to states that have passed what they call anti LGBTQ plus legis- legislation, and that would include Iowa. It's Missouri, Nebraska, Iowa, Wyoming. Twenty six uh, states. There's a yeah. There's a whole there's a whole map. Okay, uh, so there's a new statement that just added three of them. So that's what I'm looking at. But there's a yep. whole there's several states. Nebraska is one of them. What exactly is uh, uh, Tim Hurza joining us this morning, sitting in with us? So when you think of state funded travel, what are you thinking of uh, exactly? I don't. I had not at all considered. <laughs> It might affect football players. Like when I saw the headline, some of the headlines about there was discussion about this before. I mean, California's been doing it kind of state by state as these bills have passed, right? Um, you think of I don't know a university professor going to a conference or like a, a state agency director going to a conference, traveling for some reason uh, for that matter. I'm not considered football players or basketball players or a softball team or a golfers. Like that's just right. I mean, you don't even consider the impact on that, but and then throw in the curveball of the Big Ten expansion next year. I mean, that's the that's probably the real kicker in in interest in this piece. I don't know if anybody really cares right. that a professor's not coming to well, tour they, the university. But they do have for this year the pact when they're still in the Pac twelve, Utah is one of the states. Yeah. Which is one that they would travel to for conference events. Well that's uh, I mean, that's what's sort of interesting about it, and and the report uh, from the examiner says that the they're going to allow, they allow them to travel. When they do that, they apparently use kind of donor raised funds as opposed to state funds, or like yeah, they self fund it. UCLA or whatever. I'm sure maybe they got a big enough athletic department. Well, it's kind of like Nebraska. Yeah, maybe. yeah, it just runs on its own. I'm assuming UCLA would. would but what, be like what's that. what's sort of interesting to me is the in the statement here is that in addition, if a team competes in a banned state. They will educate the student-athletes about the California law and the law in the destination state and give them the option to opt out. Oh, really? With no consequences. Um, with no risk of consequence if they opt out of traveling and participating. So, is, um, I, don't, I don't know if either of you guys will know this on, on the top, but is 
Is Long Beach, is that a state university or is that a private university? I don't know. The only reason I ask is because that's Nebraska the, connection, right? Well, not only that, but they're coming to Lincoln to play volleyball right. in the first couple of weeks of the season. That's the first, that's the first I just can think of off the top of my head. That's probably the first one. I know it's a huge state university system. That's Cal- California State long, at Long Beach. Right? Is it? Well, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I just call, I call them Long Beach, so I didn't know for I, sure. I so it might be. It might be. So, if- uh, Founded as a state college, so not the university system. But I imagine, I mean, maybe it's state-funded travel when you start talking about Well, I was going to say, in a smaller school, that might be more state-funded travel right. that goes along with that. I'm not sure, but you do wonder uh, what will happen exactly like that. The other California opponent, they go, Nebraska goes out and plays Stanford in volleyball. So that's the other direction. So that wouldn't be yeah, it yeah. as well. When but, is that game? Uh, that uh, the Long Beach one? Yeah. In, it's in September. I don't know. Well, the then exact. it's not. A, it wouldn't be effective. Oh, because it's not October first. Okay. Good call. Good call. My bad. Uh, nonetheless, yeah, man, this sounds like a. It, it sounds like a bit of a a nightmare to figure out all of the the things that this does affect. Like, who is this? I, I'm just curious. Like, when when you do this, if you're California, I get it. They're opposed to the laws that were made, but what's this doing exactly? I, I mean, it, it is. I mean, it is absolutely a statement, right? It is absolutely making the statement. California does this. We're dealing. You're, you're seeing the, you're seeing the ramifications of using using the law to help set policy that affects other states, right? So we're not going to sell pork that's not grown a certain way or chickens that are grown a certain way, right? And you just had the the Supreme Court decision on that issue. This is like the next arm of that sort of restrictive state policy. That you try to influence the policies of other states. Here's the it is no different probably than I don't know if you remember or recall some of the, the calls for the NCAA to ban or MLB to ban a, the All Star game games. in Atlanta, right? Yeah. When Georgia passed its That's election right. law a couple of years ago. Right. I don't remember whether they did that or not, but uh, off the top of my head, but like those it's are usually some of the taking events like, away. But you're, yeah, yeah, you're trying to use sort of the the events or the draw of the events to help shape this policy that you have a political opposition. I just don't to. know I, how much state funded uh, travel there is from California to Nebraska out, outside of what until, we just talked until about. Until you start talking in the context of like, will it affect college football yes. and sports? Right. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, okay, so you know, again, university professors can't come to a conference. Like, I don't know what else I think of. I mean, state's a large employer in Nebraska, but you're talking like one-off travel for right. state-related I just purposes. I can't imagine. There can't be a ton of that. Any right? one of these states is like, oh, no. It, it, would, like, be, it would be a different conferences that maybe a certain level, management level people. Probably. Yeah, yeah and I'm sure that California's else. budget for that stuff isn't small, <laughs> but it's like, it's not... But again, it's not move the it feels like it hurts of, the people who want to go to those places more than it hurts the states themselves. I, I'm just saying, I don't think Nebraska or Utah's economy is based on state-funded travel from California. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. So, you are exactly yeah. right there. Other, the the idea is the implication that that map's growing, right? Like it's, it's 26 states. It's right. getting larger. Pretty it's going to be more of a pain for them than anyone, right? That's I, that's what it sounds like. We're not going. Yeah, I don't know. Indiana, Iowa, and Ohio also. And here's the, the deal: band. it yeah. probably doesn't move the needle until it until it affects the Big Ten, right? Like, probably until it goes so far as to actually disrupt college. But football. they'll fig- <laughs> if it if it would, they'll figure it out. Yeah. So, you know. Number three. Mayor Larry Gaylor Baird announced Lincoln's new local food system plan yesterday. It's designed to make local food more resilient, enhance support for farmers and producers who sell here, 
and to increase equitable access to fresh, affordable, and nutritious foods. Okay, so so they want to uh, they want to invest in the local food farm community, uh, promote food production methods that protect the environment, reduce food waste. Got to be honest, guys, this wasn't something that I necessarily thought of at the city level. Uh, it's probably, prior. I mean, it's kind of a, a way to highlight kind of the movement or the effort to get more locally grown food. I, this is another policy, I suppose, or approach or a plan that, you know, puts some sort of substance or an effort to put some substance behind things that people are talking about these days. I. It'll be interesting to see what comes of it. Um, some of the highlights that you know we're reporting here uh, at the KLIN website: double the number of acres in Lancaster County that grow food. How, uh, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's well, you're that's a goal. About, you're setting a goal. You're I, talking about acres in Lancaster County that grow food. You've got a lot of actual, like, big, significant farmland already I, that take up a lot yeah, of acres. But, uh, do they count? Do they count row corn and like soybeans? I don't know. I really sure. I assume so. I mean, how are you going to double that? There's a lot of acres that That's are That's what growing. I'm saying. Like, what is the current number? Or are we talking about cucumbers? How many acres of cucumbers are there? Uh, like that maybe you could do, but if you're counting actual fields, I don't know how you're doubling still, that even by yeah. 2035, especially with the way things are going. Triple the number of community gardens in Lancaster County. Okay, that I that, that they could maybe do. That's you got cool. a, You've got a few of those. Dozen, well, you'd have you'd have dozen. to turn some city parks and a lot of yards and backyards into uh, gardens in order to accomplish that type of goal. Yeah, and then an outcome one that said decrease the number of census tracts by fifty percent that have low or very low healthy food. So it's about getting more, yeah, getting more fruits and veggies available to people. Essentially, cool. I'm so, all for it. I like gardens. So there you go. It's good. All right. Now, now, now we need a uh, more farmers Link, markets. Lincoln Department of Agriculture. There you go. More farmers markets go. gives more opportunity for ballot initiatives. We need, we need those petitions circulating. Jeez. Yeah, everywhere. I'm just trying to go get myself a burrito. It, it, Holy cow! Maybe now with my refurbished eight uh, N Ford tractor that I've got here in town, maybe I can start plowing up yards. <laughs> Make a little, little side hustle. Hey, here. you wouldn't have to mow. That's you, right. you wouldn't have to mow if you've got tomatoes and peppers and squash or I don't know what zucchini. What zucchini, you're grilling. Uh, they uh, they love them some zucchini in Italy. I'll tell you that. Lots of zucchini dishes. Yeah. Ugh. Number two. Lawmakers are pushing for more transparency on the government's UFO documents. Yes. yes. Congressional <laughs> officials trying to ensure that this year's National Defense Authorization Act requires. The declassification of UFO-related documents. Aliens <laughs> are real. Are it, when will will uh, UFOs become an issue in the uh, 2024 election? <laughs> I hope so. I, I agree with that. Would, hearing, I really hope so. That'll be fu- that'll be hearing a fun Trump discussion. and Biden. Trump's seen it all, right? So, like, you have a former president of the United States that can go up on the debate stage and. Which, by the way, if you had any. Here's the thing. You know, you got you the Trump and the classified stuff, document yeah, stuff. Yeah. If there was any piece of classified docs that you had as a president that you were tempted to show off to other people, would it not 100% be on UFO and aliens? I mean, if I... I mean, we can talk about invading Iran all you want, I'm not but saying, at a dinner party, which one is everybody going to get excited I'm about? I'm not saying I would take home nuclear secrets, because that's not... A, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but like... 
Absolutely, the alien stuff. Yeah, there. I would definitely which take place the alien better stuff. at a Mar-a-Lago cocktail party? What do you think? <laughs> you guys Nuc- seen this? Nuclear plans, or we found Zorkon flying in a spaceship in Utah and never told anyone about. Here's it. Here's the thing: even if it's not, even if it's not aliens, like like super metal, like that would be awesome. That would, I no, that is. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. I don't care about. I would definitely. Like, be I, don't, I almost couldn't stuff. even blame him if that was the classified info that, that be, he had laying around in the. And this is also probably why I couldn't be president. I would just. I would not stop worrying or thinking about the alien hey, stuff. Don't tell anyone about this. I, but I, you're I, not going to believe this. I think I've seen some aliens actually. Oh really? Where's that? Uh, I was a 3 a.m. Walmart uh, shopper in the Ozarks a few years ago. <laughs> Uh, pretty, pretty sure. Uh, all right. Number one. Powerball jackpot up again. Estimated now for tomorrow night. One billion. Yes. No winning tickets sold last night. Drawing numbers. <laughs> White balls. Five, eight, nine, seventeen, and 41. Powerball 21. So we're at a billion for tomorrow yes. night. And Mega Millions tonight. 600 40 no, who cares is, about that? No, 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 no. Nobody this, wants that. This is what's wild about this like ongoing daily update thing. Not neither of them. Both of them are getting like incredibly high. Yeah, like six hundred million and a billion dollars. Yeah. Imagine this, Jack, and and we were my wife and I were talking about this the other night. What if you win both? <laughs> like, like what if, like literally, what if still, you win the Powerball tomorrow night and then you turn around to, a day later, two days later, and win the May? Well, Wouldn't still that be not as still not One as big as the biggest single these. jackpot, which was two billion. Uh, that was last November, two billion dollars. If I won both of them. I would take the lump sum on one and the annuity on the other. Oh, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good thing to think about. That's, I mean, a, that's a good thing to plan ahead for just in case. You can have the bird in one hand and two in the bush, right? Like, what? Uh, you know, the, a billion now and 640 million more over the next nine, 29 years? I, I'm telling you, I don't want a billion dollars. You know what? Forget it. I'm not. I am not at all interested in either of these lottery drawings because there are some raffle or gift cards... That I can get twenty times right. my investment back. That's right. So That's a, start investing in some presidential campaigns. It is the best return on your dollar. Way better than that, that Doug, two dollar power. Doug Burgum will give you better odds winning money than power. <laughs> Guaranteed odds. <laughs> is that his name? Did I say that right? Doug Burgum. Uh, all right. Yeah, it is Burgum. 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 Doug. All right. North Dakota. Is North Dakota. It's North Dakota. Thanks, North Dakota. Seven fifty-seven. That's it for your morning drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Less than seven weeks until the beginning of the Matt Rule era of Nebraska football. Stay up to date right here on fourteen hundred and ninety-nine-three KLIN. Chris Lofgren, live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at forty-fourth and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K today with Jack and friends on the. Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 809, 65 degrees in the capital city. Wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? I look at the radar right now, and it's kind of a kind of a hole in the storm system, and you'll never guess what's right what is right in the middle of that thing, City of Lincoln. Uh, maybe a little of you on the very east side are, are getting some rain, but there's a bit of a, I don't think this is the right term, but a little bit of a dry slot action and, uh, I-80 all the way down to Seward isn't getting much right now yet. North, west, and south of that, they are getting rain. So hopefully, hopefully that thing hangs together a little bit and we get some, but I should have, 
I should have known that that was uh, that was in the offing. But you do have some areas who are uh, still looking at some severe weather now. Uh, it looks like we've got a uh, special weather statement that is for Sutton, uh, Geneva in the listing area. Looks like Friend, maybe Crete will be impacted by that, down to Wilbur being uh, impacted by that. And uh, as per usual, Beatrice will be will be impacted by that as well. So that's what we've got right now. Uh, it does look like eventually Lincoln should get some precipitation out of this, but they're just going to miss the front end of it because the way that the uh, this storm is kind of broken up a little bit right over Lincoln. But it does go all the way back, uh, even still all the way up into um, north central Nebraska, almost Atkinson right now, and moving to the moving to the southeast. So should still be something where we get a little bit of precipitation out of this thing as well. July 18th, Jack, it's not going to crack 70 degrees until afternoon. Love it. Love it. What? Love it so much, even if we don't get a ton of rain out of this thing, but I think we'll get a uh, a decent amount on this. We, uh, You know, we were talking, We didn't. this didn't ever come to fruition, Tim, but Caleb and Mark, um, because... Oftentimes, they like to give me a hard time because I am not, uh, you know, I grew up on the mean streets of Lincoln uh, instead of the the towns. You know, Caleb grew up in in Loop City, and, you know, you're an Ord guy, so you probably can relate to them. I I never quite have a good appreciation or understanding of small town life in Nebraska. They wanted to take me on a uh, on a week long tour. Unfortunately, we all planned two two week long vacations this year, so we could never do it. Wanted to take me on a week long tour across the state of Nebraska to some of these towns to familiarize myself with that. Would Ord be a good spot? Oh yeah, for me to get a get a taste of. You should take the what, show on the road. What Nebraska? Yeah, that's what they wanted to do. Yeah, they wanted no, to get a, wanted to get an RV, basically stop in another in in a different town every single morning. Live the life of that town for a day, drive at yeah. night to the next stop, and then start over again yeah. in a new place. And I just needed to know if you had any good good ideas for places that we should have on that list. Oh, man. Uh, there are a ton of... I mean, it kind of depends. So let me say this. One thing that might be worth looking at is your bike ride across Nebraska-like tours for yeah. the last couple of years. Like those are pretty perfect in terms of the number of days and like a route that's pretty reasonable. Yep. Obviously, the, you're riding a bike in that situation, so it's a little bit shorter. You but don't know if I, do you that. Could, I mean, you could pick like a string of towns. Like yes, you just run up Central Nebraska. Uh, you could I, okay. You could I have grab. the bike. I have theirs right now. It's uh, where are they going? This Bankelman year? to Cambridge. Okay. Cambridge to out, yeah. Cambridge to Alma. Okay. Alma to Red Cloud. Okay. Red Cloud to Hebron. So they're going like Highway Six south. Area, doing south of the interstate. South uh, Hebron to Wilbur. Wilbur to Seward and Seward to Ashland. Most of that. Most of that. It'll be amazing if they get that ride in because that is in the bad weather corridor <laughs> of the state of Nebraska, <laughs> right through the heart of thunderstorms. Right, right through yeah. the heart of every time it's on Thayer County, the Nebraska Kansas border. That's where those are always hitting. So, uh, good luck on that. Those are know. always interesting routes. I don't know. You could also just like pick the big names. Since what have you? What have you seen? How about this? Like what? Where have you? Where have you been? In the You've state been to of Nebraska. Bluff? Have been, you like been and spent a day I mean, in Scotts I've Bluff? Been to Scotts Bluff, which is like seven hours away from here. Or whatever, but like, I don't know if I've been. I've been to Fort Robinson. 
Okay. Okay. I've been to Fort Robinson. I've been on. A, I've been in all the towns. You know, driving to to Colorado along the interstate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We need to get. I feel like we got to get you north. I've never been to Chimney Rock. I feel like we got to get you north. Like, been... like part of me is thinking like head on up to Valentine, then like a, a swing. Valentine's Valentine's a happening place. There's some cool stuff up there. Breweries, golf courses, scenic stuff. You could head on over to Niobrara. You can come down. I don't know. I don't know. I do, what I don't know is where you've been. So right, I'm trying to. Th- I mean, I would. I would. Grand Island. I would put. <laughs> yeah, I would put your. Carney. I would put your Ord or your Broken Bow or your Loop City, like something like that, on on the list. Uh, here, Grand Island and Carney don't count. No, we're not doing. I was going to say here's a pretty exhaustive list of the places I know I've been at extensively: Soresco, <laughs> Eagle. <laughs> Uh, Hickman. <laughs> you broadcast from Ernie's, which is Soresco. <laughs> Hickman, I've spent a decent amount of time in. I've spent a lot of time there. Uh, let's see. Grand Island, uh, Kearney, North Platte. Uh, so all cities. All, not, all, all places. I mean, I mean uh, North Platte. Columbus. Like, North Platte's a Then to Fremont. All the places where my son has had sporting events. Sure. Right? Sure. All the places where I played high school football, which really was only North Platte outside of Lincoln and Omaha. I dig this idea. Um, I would definitely put my hometown on the map. There's a lot going on there in terms of a community that's doing some stuff. Loop City. I mean, I know Caleb loves it. But, like, <laughs> Or it's way better. Wow. Or it's way better. Wow. So. <laughs> now, this is big. And I know you, you spent a lot of time in Wayne also. I do. I have spent a lot of my life in Wayne, actually. Uh, 13 years of marriage as of yesterday and 18 total together. I actually told my in-laws last week when we were there for Chicken Days, this fall or this this December, Christmas, will mark my 18, 18 years since my first visit to Wayne, America. First really? time I was ever in that town. Really? That's crazy. That's like, that's half Let me life. ask you this. If you were restricted to taking, um, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, but if somebody said, okay, design a vacation, you're going to do a staycation, not in Lincoln, but in the state of Nebraska, like, but the best, the best sort of thing that you can imagine, what would be on your agenda if you were actually doing that in the state? Oh man, that's like, that's a hard, that's a hard one to throw at me unprompted because it kind of depends on what are you doing? Like. Like how how old in are your the current, kids? Like in your is current it me, situation is it just me in and life, Rachel is it? It, it am could I be just two kids. It like, could be just you and your wife, or it could be with your kids. It could be. It could be the. I mean, are you looking for? Or what are we doing? Are we looking for Airbnbs? If I if if we were going to do something and like we've considered doing this right now, I would head on out to Carney and I would stay at that Crown Plaza Hotel with the new swimming thing and the they got big slides that go outside the hotel and circle back around in. And I'd spend a couple of days in. Where's that? Is that right by the interstate? Yeah, it's right. Is that over the by that Eunice Center? Thing? It is. It is part of the Eunice oh, Development South. Carney. Like I said, it's a. I, I've got a ton of friends who have spent weekends there with kids. I like the water slide indoor swimming is is a draw. And then you go spend some time in the great city of Kearney where I, you know, my alma mater. Go visit the UNK campus, hang out downtown, see what see what's changed, what's new, what's different. I don't. Kearney is Kearney coming. So, Car- so there's, Car- there's more than just that archway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would go spend a weekend with with a with two kids, like almost five and almost three. We would go hang out at that pool for a day, and um, that'd be where we go. Wow. I'm looking at the best Airbnbs in Nebraska here. I'm trying to find the nicest. Where where do we have some of the best places that you could you could stay at here? Here's a little uh, look. Here's a little Lake Cove cabin in Elwood. For only a hundred ninety-eight dollars a night, that's nice. What else? What do we want here in our 
uh, our filters for our home. Let's see. Do we want uh, do we want lakeside? Do we want countryside? That's I I would put that on a list too. Like if I don't know about the kids right now. I don't know if I take the kids, but like if Rachel and I are going to do something, there's some cool glamping things. Like I have some friends who did like a little cabin uh, that they were posting about on Facebook. I would do something like that. That'd be fun. Wait, I put lakeside and it gave me a camper RV in Ogallala. You rent <laughs> for eighty nine dollars a night. An R- RV at Lake Mac. They Gl- just put it out on the beach. <laughs> says glamp. It's got four beds, but it's just a trailer, and they call it glamping. That's not glamping. <laughs> Stop. Someone's, I mean, someone is cash flowing the heck out of that. Look at this. Look at this. This okay. It's a Coleman camper, but that is not glamping at Kingsley Dam. That's uh, camping. It is not the worst looking camper I've seen, it's but they're nice, definitely trying to pay for their camper with a couple. <laughs> it's a nice enough camper, but 89 bucks a night during the weeknight, and then we're calling it glamping? Well, if you, do, you don't have to set up your own tent or bring your own camper if you don't have it, I don't How know. can I find on this website the most expensive Airbnb? The most expensive? The, I want the nicest place. Well, it's it's probably some Omaha It's thing. probably some Omaha apartment. It's got to be Omaha. You're not getting... Uh, like, it's probably some downtown... I think there's a lead place, uh, like a uh, top floor yeah. lead place Ooh. penthouse that's uh Ooh, maybe available. I'll do that for a, like a date weekend <laughs> with <laughs> my Airbnb. wife. That'd be kind of fun. I'd kind of like to do... Look at this place. I got a cabin in Long Pine here. This is looking really nice. This is going to set you back 225 bucks. but check this out. It's right on a river. Look at this. 4.95 stars out of five. Look at that thing. Cabin retreat in Nebraska's hidden paradise. Airbnb, I, I'm telling you what. Airbnb and home rentals and, and what's the other one? Airbnb and uh uh, there's another company. Uh, I can't think of it right off the top of my head. Why uh, am I not thinking of it? Somebody's <laughs> going to text it in. These are the, like, this is a, it changes vacationing. It completely changes vacationing. Like, if I'm going to Colorado now. That's what you look for at? Instance, I'm, I flipped the other way. You looking at hotels? Oh, yeah. Back, back instead of the, having a kitchen, have a couple a, of have a couple of like not great experiences with like a uh, yeah yeah really I, I, I've got some friends that swear that travel like way more than I do have been like yeah we went through the Airbnb phase we're back on hotels seriously Hotel, hotels are mostly up their game like you can get a pretty clean room it's not that far off in terms of cost like I don't know I I am look I I'm looking at hotels most often unless if I'm staying for a week then yes like. You could Airbnb is definitely like an option and a thing to look serious. Man, I totally disagree. We did it in Italy. Even uh, it was great. It was great. You, you've had good experiences. Ooh, look at this beautiful log cabin in Johnson Lake, a waterfront family getaway, two ninety three a night. Beautiful. That's nice. A tiny home in Ponca that has a hot tub that's almost as big as the house, hundred ninety five <laughs> a night. A tiny home in Burwell. A cottage in Roca. I would barely fit in that cottage in Roca, but only eighty dollars a night. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if I can get like filter this by the most expensive. It's Here's really, twelve hundred fifty-one dollars for two ooh, nights. What is that? I don't know. Where, I'm zooming in. Let's go. I got a two-night home in Bellevue. Bellevue. <laughs> Five beds, two okay, nights. Okay, what are you getting in Bellevue? That's worth that much. Twelve fifty-one total before taxes. That's two. That's a two night weekend. What what weekend though? I get to. I don't know. This is hard to. This is not. The is it lakeside or something? Search what, by. Getting... It is by a lake. Yeah, there's like a slide out in the water here. Okay. All photos. Big like wraparound porch. 
Oh, game room. There's one, Ooh. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight arcade games Ooh. and a shoot. Yeah, I mean, this is like some you See? take a family to for the weekend, I guess. See, I can't believe you're out on Airbnb. Take the whole the whole family. I just, oh man, we had a we had a not great experience in Kansas City. I booked one in Colorado once, and we had like, yeah. Anyway, I found a three hundred dollar cabin. Uh, in Republican City. Here's one in Omaha, home in Omaha. $1,800. Harlan $1, County Lake. Yeah? I wonder if I can do this for just one day. That'd be nice. Harlan. That'd be nice. That's what I would just do is I'd plan a whole trip around to these Airbnbs. That'd be good. Here's a delightful glamping tent on a lake in Omaha. Stop. A glamping tent. <laughs> it's on Airbnb. It's a, a tent. It a is a legit tent. tent is not glamping. Like, it that looks is... like they built like a deck out by the water and then put this big white tent on it. Okay. Airbnb really needs to start. Be- oh, you can rent a yurt in Gibbon. <laughs> Yeah. For three bad with three beds for a hundred bucks a night in a yurt. I feel like you got to do that. I feel like you got to on your on your little cross Nebraska this thing. live it's, broadcast road trip. It's basically like do. a freestanding deck, and then it's got a it's got like a big top yurt on the thing. With are those like uh f- like folding walls <laughs> like stand and? Ex- I have no idea, but why is that a hundred bucks a night? Well, you get a hotel. Okay, because them's the going rates this is where i'm saying like when you look at some of the stuff that's out there on the market and hotels are uh, hold on a little I, more enticing man. seward i've got i found one in seward that is a it is a the bin house which is a house look at this that was made into a a grain bin we passed we passed one of those out in north platte where it's like a coffee shop built into a grain bin a like hun- a drive through drive by the grain bin and pick up your coffee i thought that was a that's a cool hundred idea 60 another tiny home in carney Another barn in Gibbon. Hmm. Here's a paradise home Ooh. near Hidden Paradise near Plattsmouth. Right. This is a cool looking house. Tiny it's home in Ponca. You got lots of tiny homes. All right, I'm gonna keep looking at this. Plan a plan a trip around in just Airbnbs in the state. That could be very interesting. We should spend some time comparing hotels to Airbnbs. We should generally. There you go. Um, All right. It's eight twenty four. We'll take a break. It is LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Apologist Malcolm Byron. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska volleyball, John Baylor. Yes, it is. Getting uh, closer and closer to... That season, my goodness, we got uh, we got red white scrimmage game tickets going on sale tomorrow. We got the announcement of fan day. We got a schedule up on the uh, website. JB, we're in the dog days, but we're in the final month countdown to this yep. season really beginning. Husker fans, every day heading down to the basement, just scratching off one more day on the limestone cellar wall. We're getting there. <laughs> we are getting there. Exciting stuff. Have you seen the stretch in the schedule? Oh, my goodness. Seven straight games. Listen to this. At home versus Creighton, at home versus Long Beach, at Stanford, then at home versus Kentucky, which won the title two years ago, on the road versus, excuse me, at home versus Ohio State, at home versus Minnesota, at Purdue. That's seven straight matches from the 6th of September until the 29th. Very busy. Very Very busy. 
with this yep. whole thing. When do uh when when does uh when does fall camp start in earnest? When do they actually get going with uh with that? Early August. Okay. Getting ready for the old red white, uh, which is just ahead of Utah State. Bring on the Aggies. Lipscomb will be here too. Yes. For that first weekend. Yes. Lipscomb. Uh Lipscomb is uh I don't know a lot about Lipscomb. In fact I couldn't tell you what state Lipscomb is in. Right well, now. you're not alone. I mean there <laughs> there are alumni who are still trying to figure out where they were. <laughs> but uh we got Utah State and bring on Lipscomb, uh presumably the Leopards, but I'll get that figured out before the game. And then SMU. You know, they're 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 a, a, a volleyball team in the what conference are they in? The the boy the whack. I'm gonna guess the whack maybe. He's the, all over the map in conferences. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's the opening weekend. Then you got the big one at the Memorial Stadium. Not enough time to add any more seats. We're gonna have to settle on about ninety two thousand fans for that one. Yep. Omaha, and then the and then at K State, that'll be fun crossing the Kansas border. Yes. Back to the Sunflower State, and I'll be able to wax it on about. Yesteryear, when we come down there every season, and how K State was in the bottom of the Big Eight for years, and then they hired Jim Moore, and oh, hold on, they hired Jim McLaughlin. Uh, yeah, yeah, I forget. Yeah, anyway, those two guys back to back, about four years each, resurrected that program, and then Susie Fritz, who just got let go, just they have a brand new coach now, is there for twenty years. Anyway, the they've had. You know, 30 years of solid volleyball down there, and they had tried to launch their new head coach's career at home against uh, Nebraska. And then the, that uh, that seven-game game stretch I told you about. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I know around uh, around the football season, uh, like the, the, local, the regional media does a uh, kind of a prediction. They, they do the vote, and they, they do for the standings, and Nebraska will probably be fifth in the Big Ten West in that one. Uh, I don't know if there's something that's, that's official and organized like that around – volleyball but to the extent that there are conference conference predictions do, do you is it is Wisconsin still going to get the benefit of the doubt on that among most people going into the season there's no skyriders tour yet and <laughs> volleyball but that'd be fun yeah. you know but you know going in in a Winnebago into uh West Lafayette and eating at the local te- the local breakfast joints and just talking about volleyball but um, the coaches put together a preseason, and I think you gotta you gotta put Wisconsin at the top with Nebraska probably second. Penn State's got an overhauled team. Minnesota with a new coach, and after losing a couple recruits, should be down a little bit. But they've got a great setter, and then Ohio State should be really down. They lost four great seniors. So, but you never know. I mean, in in the day right. transfers. I mean, you can't transfer every week yet. You have to wait, I think, until the end of the semester. But uh, you can reload in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, you, I, I, I was, uh, I was out of the country when this news came out, but I wanted to get get your yeah, reaction to it. Twenty trip to Italy. Yeah, I, I know. I, I was, was, I was sending you pictures. That was good stuff. I mean, with your travels to Italy, and then last segment talking about uh, Nebraska, I'm, I'm thinking of taking my family to Gibbon for a couple of weeks. You can get some great tiny houses uh, yeah. there if you if you want to do that. Some of them have hot dubs. You can get a yurt. Uh, there, there's a lot of places. Upset your spouse? Just say, "Hey, the whole family, we're gonna go tiny house in Ponca." Eighty bucks a night can't beat I, it. I think she might wave at you from the uh, <laughs> driveway as you pull away. 
<laughs> you have to lock those doors because hey, kids may not want to stay in the vehicle. It's not too late to make a budget vacation all in tiny homes across Nebraska. It's very doable. Rural Nebraska is so doggone beautiful. I'm yeah. serious. I thought I had to go to some faraway, isolated, uh, foreign port to write uh, the great American novel. Just go to uh, outside of Valentine or just uh, northeast Nebraska and just hunker down and start writing. It's yep. just beautiful there. Uh, Willa, Willa Cather had it figured out when she left Virginia. Now, her parents made the choice, but she had it figured out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Red Cloud. And now her statue is standing in the U.S. Capitol, Statuary Hall. Is, is there a better writer of fiction? And don't give me this, she's a great women's writer. No. She's arguably the greatest writer of fiction in the language. I'd take her over Fitzgerald. I'd take her over Hemingway. Wow. Absolutely. You read a paragraph of Willa Cather. Just grab a book. Open it up. You read, you read her letters, which were never supposed to be published. They are works of art. Her letters that she just presumably just penned in, you know, minutes to friends. Mm-hmm. Those are works of art. Uh, she's a treasure. Yeah. She's an absolute treasure. We, we have every reason to be incredibly proud. And, and I would, you know, we, we, we come up with all these distractions, in my opinion, regarding education, when there's a lot of stuff that really matters that we really need to get at and we can work on and improve. And, and we should be very proud um, of the education we offer in the state. I can think of probably 40 states that would happily trade their educational system for what we have, maybe 45. Anyway, I, I'd be open to, to legislation that mandates that every sophomore in the state read the Willie Cather novel. That I was uh, just thinking when that was probably about the year that I did I I can't remember if it was O Pioneers or My Antonia first that I read, uh-huh. but I did one of them my sophomore year of, of English, I remember. So make, make make the trip someday to Red Cloud and that's a place to spend the night and just soak it in. It's it's just think that that's where she grew up and she wrote about. It. She wasn't there when she wrote about it. She wrote about it when she was in Pittsburgh and New York, but yeah. that's where she found her material oh anyway i'm hey. getting kind of fucked up. all right you were asking and now my son is going to be eaten at a dining hall bearing her name next year oh. next fall very exciting i love it i hope he, i hope he's on the 22 the meals a week plan because that'll that'll um that'll put some meat on him yeah we're, yes we're uh and un- unlike me in high school and into college, he wants that to happen. I want her to yeah. go the other direction. So I'd go to college just for the food. Dude. It is so good right now. Oh my now. gosh! I'd, leave. I'd like teach professors. Be like, where were you? I'm like, uh, the dining hall. Uh, I'd, uh, yeah, be, the custodians have to kick me out. The stuff is so good. I'd JB. I, yeah. I hadn't been in a college cafeteria since I was in college, and we did an orientation yeah. at UNL a couple of months ago, and so we got a free lunch at Selick. So we went yep. into the Selleck, and I was like, what is this? Are you kidding yes. me? It's a, it's a food court. It's essentially love, a food court. It's crazy. I love the, the vegan soup bar. <laughs> I mean, that alone would keep me for a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's a very it's a very good it's a very different situation than I yep. remembered, but uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, I want I wanted to ask you. ESPN NCAA announced a couple of weeks ago, and this is while I was gone, uh, but that the the women's volleyball championship is actually going to be on ABC now. They're going to move it to Sunday afternoon. That would be December seventeenth, as opposed to Saturday night. They're still going to keep the semifinals on Thursday, December. 
14th um and so those will still happen you know one at one at six o'clock one after that but the change is just the championship game i know if nebraska makes it we will not have any tv screens on we will only listen to radio for this we want no visuals only audio but i i would ask generally uh, my question is more generally like I kind of liked it on Saturday night, but I understand why you want to get on network TV if you're the sport as opposed to cable TV. How big a deal do you think this is in terms of the visibility of the sport? Huge. I mean, the biggest television audience in the history of the sport was the 2021 National Championship, Wisconsin and Nebraska in Columbus, Ohio, and that was about $2 million. Well, women's basketball um, with, I- with Iowa got $10 million. And they were on network TV. So on network TV, we're going to break the old record. I think maybe we can get close to four or five million, which would be huge. And the exposure these kids would get, the exposure the sport would get. I mean, the sport's already exploding. There's no other team sport that girls that more girls play, and than volleyball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just uh, you know, uh, it, it'll, in ten years we will look back probably. To this era, with with some fun, with with, with nostalgia, how the innocent it was, and of course, just from our vantage point right now, looking back in the '90s, how innocent things were, and all we had really was KLIN radio broadcasting matches, and of course, at night at that point, it was a thousand watt AM channel, and at night the signal would would shrink. And Allison Weston was from Papillion, and her parents on road matches couldn't hear it. So they would drive to the Waverly exit just to get the KLIN signal. <laughs> and now we have 23 radio stations at least that just carry the Huskers. Yeah. And now, you know, network television is on the horizon for the championship. It will be interesting to see, you know, if, it, 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 like, it's an interesting question from a TV perspective to grow the sport. Like, where where could you put it? How would you increase that? Because you've got the the constant issue with volleyball specifically that it is happening during the fall and on the weekends on Saturday nights you've got you've got college football, which is obviously big in a lot of the same places that college volleyball would be as well. And and you don't necessarily have with women's basketball, it's more of a competition with with men's basketball, but it feels like they're kind of able to do the do both of them. Do you think if they do have more of a TV audience there at some point, do you have to kind of move the time? Do you have to stay away from Saturday nights? Is that what the answer is? Or is it possible to, to increase this and still have the inventory and the get through the competition on Saturday nights as well? Well, you, you accommodate television, right? Because that's where the opportunity lies. And so whatever they want, you provide. Now, in mid-December, you got some windows because the regular season for college football yeah. is over the season is sporadic so you can slip it in there so no i there's no you know logical um likelihood that network television will be taking friday night or saturday afternoon volleyball matches but i mean presumably at some point there'll be a volleyball network that's committed you know entirely to just volleyball as there probably will be one for soccer and etc and uh and there's just already a plenitude of of cable stations and big 10 and conference networks. So they will find a home. They will find a home on Wednesday nights for sure in the fall when there's very little football and they're going to have to probably accommodate whatever cable station is, is willing to broadcast it. But what Nebraska enjoys now with nearly every match on television soon, more and more 
volleyball programs will enjoy. And fewer and fewer will be like UCLA, which right. is invisible. Yeah. And uh, Long Beach, which is invisible. And USC, which is invisible. I mean, the, the program's invisible. Those, those kids can walk around their own campuses and not be recognized. Yeah. Whereas basket kids are on television, 34, 35 matches, and uh, they can be recognized you know, anywhere in the state. By the way, sometimes it's the perfect world on those BTN Plus games because they'll put you and the audio of uh, you and Lawrence oh. call over the video. So it's perfect. That's cool. And I never know yeah. when that happens. Or, you know, I got to be ready. Just like, I don't think I'll ever be on, uh, you know, the TV itself. They'll just get my audio. So I don't have to worry about hair gel yet. But <laughs> uh, you just never know when that happens. But I feel a little bad because when I'm not on, BTN Plus has a bunch of local college kids. Yeah, on. they do. Uh, that gives them a great opportunity. Some of those kids are really good. Yes. Yep. We have our own our, our own Mac, Matt McMaster, who's a part timer here. He did uh, women's basketball last year. Uh, I think he's done some baseball too for for BTN Plus. But the only problem with BTN Plus, and and it's less so in volleyball. I've noticed more in baseball is that while the broadcasts in Nebraska uh, have been good, some of the some of the um, infrastructure at other schools especially to do baseball is not where it should be to be able to watch yeah. the game enjoyably yeah they're still going through their buck belter phase mm-hmm. uh, at, at other schools yes. i remember they used to have a long extension cord when i would plug in it at the old buck <laughs> uh so uh you know the, these are sports that historically have cost money they have not made money Right. And so they don't get a ton of investment. But increasingly, athletic directors are looking at these sports and saying, wow, look at these SEC schools. They're making money at baseball. Look at Nebraska and Hawaii and a few others. They're making money at volleyball. What, you know, this is an opportunity here. At the very least, we can mitigate our, our losses. So it's common. I mean, sports, there's an insatiable demand, if you ask me, for sports. I mean, the, the sales price of these professional teams and minor Sports and minor leagues is just phenomenal. Like the, the the Los Angeles Major League Soccer team, I, I couldn't even give you the name of it. Was right. uh, valued at like hundred million dollars. Galaxy, like no. or a billion dollars, or or a hundred million. Or either way, it's just like what? It's yeah. just the the the, the price tags it, it, because sports offers something that very few other programming does, and that is urgency like you have to watch it now whereas we can that's why there's an actor strike right now because people can watch the fall shows anytime they want no commercials on any streaming service and next year for all that matters they can we can fit programming that actors are on anytime we want we got to watch the husker volleyball match when it is on it's 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 not nearly as valuable later so we'll sit through the commercials so all these tv uh, networks they want sports inventory and so sports are realizing just how valuable they are and and there's a lot more money pouring into it hey how about uh nebraska pro volleyball this uh franchise in in omaha they named diane mendenhall as the as the president they got some former huskers some former badgers on on the roster i think this week they're going to announce a a team name they've they've locked up the chi health center uh how do you i think I, i think the plan is to start in early 2024 they've got some franchises in atlanta san diego orlando pretty pretty big cities as well what do you think about pro volleyball coming here to the united states into the heartland in this form it's exciting for so many reasons. Oh, well, they got the right woman for sure in, in person and, and Diane to run it. 
and they've got some big money behind it. So hopefully this iteration of professional volleyball in this country will work. There have been many in the past that have not lasted. And this is great because it will keep some of our great talent locally. A lot of volleyball players professionally will will retire prematurely because they just don't want to spend another year in Turkey. It sounds fun to me. Mm-hmm. They don't want to spend another year in Italy. It sounds great to me, but they don't want to do, they want to, you know, they, they want to get back where their families are, their loved ones are and get their careers going after volleyball. There's not a ton of money to be made professionally elsewhere, uh, unless you're Jordan Larson. And um, so uh, you, you, their, their careers end uh, in their early twenties, but they don't have to, especially if they could play locally, but also, Again, we're going to test my theory that there's an, an insatiable demand for sports. I mean, if there ever is a place where professional volleyball can work, it is Nebraska, especially with some former Huskers like Gina Mancuso mm-hmm. playing. So, uh, CHI is a big arena. Um, I'm, I was a little surprised by that. I'm sure they're going to drop some curtains, but yeah. uh, that's big. I thought they might start at Sokol or something, but uh, perhaps that wasn't available on the Creighton campus or you know um, Baxter. But uh, it's exciting. We, we, we want it to work this time. I think we've got real money behind it uh, so that they're going to give it a, a, a run. And if it does, who knows? You know, start with, what, eight franchises now and build up to 16 and 24. I mean, again, there's just seemingly no end to the demand for sports programming on television and for fans to go in and watch a good product. And one thing that Nebraska is, exhibit as a state is we love winners and we love people who work hard and, and uh, try to get better every day. So if they have success, I, I would not be surprised if a, a lot of fans uh, just start flocking to that well, team. No name yet. Yes. I think that's coming up this week. I'm hearing rumors. I mean, I usually am into alliteration, but Omaha ostriches, I don't think would work. <laughs> no. no, and then the other cool thing is, you know, you got you met, you know Gina Mancuso, um, uh, obviously is one, but then you know Sydney Hilly, it's a name that followed Husker yeah. volleyball as well. You know, you know Yosiana Presley, they matched up against her in the NCAA tournament, right, a couple of years ago. Well, so Presley alone is the worth is, is worth the price of admission. I mean, she she was one of the she's a pioneer. I mean, she was attacking from all over the court. At, at that level, you don't see that until they get to be professionals where you got players that are attacking literally in all three spots in the back row. She was doing that at Baylor when she was 19 years old. Yeah. So she transformed the college game. Everyone wants to be like her. Now she's coming to Omaha to play. Sydney Hilly is one of the greatest setters in the history of the college game. All she does is win. She uh, she uh, she lost one time to Nebraska her first time she played him uh, freshman year. She's amazing. And then uh, they've, got, uh, they've, got, they've got some great yeah, talent. Uh, they're they're coming to play for for, uh, for the Omaha yet to be named protein. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see, but I think it's uh, got a good chance of working there. All right, hey, great to talk to you, JB. We'll catch up next week. Have a good one. All right. Jack attack. Happy Tuesday. There you go, John Baylor, voice of Husker volleyball. Eight fifty six wrap up show for this on KLIN. I'll just Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. All right, that's it for the show. Thank you to Joe Jordan, John Baylor for joining us, and thanks for Tim Tim to Tim Haruza for sitting in with us. He will be in with me again tomorrow for a uh, portion of the show starting out at 6 a.m. Also tomorrow on the show, it is a Wednesday, and that means it is 
what chaps you're high to Wednesday. So you can text in those chaps as soon as right now. You can all go to Facebook. Also go to Facebook.com slash LNK today. Had a couple of questions about Request Line Friday theme. I don't have one yet. Uh, I will decide by tomorrow if we are going to go with a theme or if we're going to go general. I'd like to do a theme. Um, but so I'm I'm working on something that uh, might be new, a little bit different. And so I'll have that for you tomorrow and let you know where we're going to go there. She can start getting those requests in. Also tomorrow on the show, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird scheduled to join us. And John Bishop will be joining us as well to talk Husker. So that's what we've got on tap for you. Doug Fitzgerald is in for Dan on the Dan Parsons show tonight. You can hear him at 5 p.m. We'll see you tomorrow. It's 9 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln.